Welcome to Career and Leadership Real Talk, the no-nonsense guide for ambitious managers who want to have more impact and progress their career. I'm Pamela Langan, a job search coach and expert CV writer specialising in helping frustrated professionals land the jobs and pay rises they know they deserve. And I'm Jackie Jagger, a leadership and mindset coach specialising in helping newly promoted and new to role leaders to avoid the dickhead trap and lead with confidence. Between us, we've helped hundreds of leaders and managers to find new roles, take ownership of their careers, and handle the challenges that job searches and leadership responsibility inevitably bring. And now we're joining forces to share with you what we know has worked for our clients. Hello, and welcome to episode three. Today, we are going to be talking about coping when your workload is overwhelming. I know, not very relatable. Um, This is something that comes up so often. And yeah, it just kind of felt like it's something that we definitely need to chat about, see what our experiences we can share with you. And yeah, let's go from there. So Pam, is this something you've ever experienced? Overwhelming workload? (laughs) Yeah, you could say that. And it's definitely something that comes up for so many of my clients. And we've had loads of conversations about this because I know it comes up for your clients too. And it's one of those real vicious circles that you get yourself into because you become overwhelmed and then you you feel like, you know, you've just got to get through it. You've got to get to the bottom of the to-do list. And once you get to the bottom of the to-do list, then you can prioritize and you go through this whole cycle and you just get completely stuck. And this is what happens with loads of my clients. Like they come to me and they're like, I just need a new job. I just need to get out of this place because I can't cope. I can't cope with the workload. Um, you know, I can't cope with how I'm being managed. And, you know, when we break it down, sometimes a job move isn't always the right answer. You know, you just need to be able to take control of the situation and I know that's what what we discussed wasn't it before we um before we came on and we were talking about um you know overwhelm and what's come up lately for our clients um and yeah it is it's it's a real um it's a real funny situation to be in because once you kind of get past the stage because it'll just creep up on you without even realizing it it's like you know you can just be going along happily you know taking on a little bit of extra work <laughs> maybe you wouldn't be happy at that point but you know you'll be you'll be coping to a degree and then you get to the point where one day you think I cannot cope anymore and that is definitely something that comes up with a lot of my clients because when I speak to them it's like I'm completely overwhelmed and I want to get out of here I can't cope with this job can't cope with the workload and I say, right, okay, let's plan in some time. And then they can't find any time because they're so overwhelmed with the workload. So not only can they not get on top of what they need to do, they actually can't free up any time to start the job search, you know, that they think is going to get them out of that situation. So when we were talking through this, we thought this is perfect to talk about because this is something that, I mean, you're probably listening and nodding your head right now because I think at some point the majority of people have been in this situation. I mean, what what do you think, Jackie? Yeah, it's as you describe that, it's just taking me straight back to, so I, I went through this. I tell you what, my life has become so much easier since I realized that the answer to overwhelm is not to work harder. Like I used to pride myself on being resilient and being able to cope and being able to get stuff done. And yeah, that really did come back to bite me. And it was that 
it, I just created that habit for myself of being busy and being able to be the one that could handle whatever was thrown at me. So I went through a phase where I just kind of was like, yeah, I can do that. I can do that. And if I look back, the signs were there. So I was finding it really difficult to get to sleep. Um, I was lacking motivation. I wasn't my normal self. And the big thing for me was that I was getting really quite emotional. So I had a call with a colleague and I just literally spontaneously, I was driving my car, hands-free, um, I was driving and having this conversation and just burst into tears. And I had to cut her off and pretend that I'd lost signal because I just didn't want to admit to anybody that I was in that stage and I couldn't cope. And so now, yeah, it's very much what I would say to people is if you are finding your workload is overwhelming, stop trying to work your way out of it. You have to pause. You have to reassess. It's You have to understand where the overwhelm is coming from because it can come from all kinds of different places. So it can come from pure volume. And that was that was what was happening for me was I just had so many pieces of a jigsaw. I My career was mostly in operations and I just had so many different people, so many different issues, so many different things to kind of handle that were being thrown at me, so many different questions being asked of me, decisions to make. So mine was very much about volume. And what I didn't do was pause and kind of assess okay, why why is this volume too much? Other people, it might not be about volume. You know, it might be that, um, you know, your, your boss is really disorganized and they're literally like, you know, caning stuff you know, over the fence to you, left, right and center. Um, you know, it might be that you spend so much time in meetings that you don't, you know, I remember, <laughs> I remember having a conversation with somebody who um, was in projects and had so many meetings that they were like, hang on a minute, all of this time is allocated to these project meetings and I'm just sat in rooms. This is pre-COVID. I'm just sat in rooms for so much of my week that when am I supposed to get anything done? So yeah, I I definitely feel people on this. And that's the thing I would say is when you're feeling that way, do not do what I did and <laughs> try and work your way through it. It will not work. Yeah, and it is so easy to fall into that trap and especially with the meeting thing because it's almost like an expectation you know if you want to make an impact in the workplace you need to be seen at every meeting you need to be in first you need to be leaving last you need to be having all of these conversations and you need to you know you need to be seen but actually what you do is you end up putting that much pressure on yourself that you get burnt out I mean I'm probably talking about experiences that I've had myself here I mean you know many a times I used to go and have a little cry in the toilet I used to (laughs) make sure I had my makeup bag with me just so I could like fix my makeup because I was like literally like you know how much do they want me to give every day and when I look at pictures of myself back from when when I worked in operations I look absolutely shattered on every picture no matter what you know whether you know how much makeup I've got on I look absolutely shattered and it was just that constant cycle of I need to be seen everywhere I need to do everything um you know I I am the senior manager so I must be seen and you know, you kind of get in that vicious circle where all of a sudden it's like, well, what are the real priorities? And it's only when you start breaking them down that you go, 
right? Okay, I need to set some boundaries here. And, you know, most of the time when you get overwhelmed, you'll find that you're, you haven't got any boundaries or the ones that you've got are pretty loose. And I think we discussed that on the last episode, um, you know, about the importance of, you know, thinking about those boundaries, what you actually want your day to look like, how you want to feel during that day, and then setting those boundaries in place and being really consistent with them. And I think that is so important. And I think the other thing I would say from my experience is it's also really important to be honest, because yeah. if you if you have that view, like, you know, you were saying there about kind of keeping up the facade of, you know, it's you feel like you have to be seen in a certain way. Yeah, and that was definitely the case for me when I was experiencing it. I, I wanted my boss to maintain their confidence in me. And so yeah. I didn't want to seem as if I couldn't cope. So yeah. I just took all of that pressure on myself you know, just, I didn't ask for help. I didn't point out how much volume there was. I just was literally like digging and digging and digging and just keeping going, keeping going, keeping going. And yeah, I kind of prided myself on my resilience. Mm. And it was almost, you know, and, th- and that wasn't something that my boss put on me. That was me taking that on myself and wanting to prove myself and wanting to like be strong enough to be able to cope with this workload. And yeah. there was you know, when again, it's easy with the benefit of hindsight, it's harder when you're going through it. But I needed to ask for help, I needed to have pointed that out. And I needed to have kind of, and and when it kind of when it got to a crunch point, eventually, like my boss did step in, but it was actually harder then and probably was more damaging to my credibility, because I'd let it get too far to kind of get to that point. And if I'd have pointed it out earlier, and kind of said, look, I'm really struggling to, you know, get the solution to this. You know, that was the thing. Normally, you know, I was really good at finding solutions. And yeah. so rather than ask for help, I took that pressure on myself. And I think it's so important when you're noticing the signs of feeling overwhelmed to ask for help and, and not feel like this is all on you to solve it. And I know yeah. that that's sometimes easier said than done. And I know sometimes feel like people might not feel like they've got that great relationship with their boss where they can do that but even even if it's a colleague where you're kind of like look do you know what I'm I'm struggling with this and I need somebody to kind of like soundboard off to try and find some better solutions asking for help is so underrated and so important yeah it's like it feels hard to do but the benefits of it are enormous and that's yeah. one thing I would do differently Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think we can all identify with that and the pressure that we put on ourselves is just ridiculous. And it is that kind of, I think this, so I'm going to do this and I am going to be seen to be the strongest and the most resilient person. And actually what you forget is you don't actually know what them other people are thinking, what your manager is thinking. You, You don't know what anyone else has thought about you are. And really in some ways, it's like, it's none of your business what they think, but you know, if you are interested in like, you know, how they feel or think about you, then it's a case of having a conversation, you know, around the priorities, what's a priority for them, you know, and really kind of understanding that because sometimes that alone can take a huge amount of pressure off because, I mean, talking from my personal experience, I got to the point of like total burnout. And when I sat down with my boss and asked him what, actually, what are your priorities? What do you want me to focus on? Because I can't do all of this. And he said, 
I didn't even realize you were doing all of that. You know, like things have been coming in. I had a reputation for getting things done. So, you know, people wanted things like done so that, you know, they came through my work stream and it carries on like that. And he was like, well, I didn't even know you were working on all of that stuff, you know, but for me, none of them are priorities. And he literally went through and ticked them off and was like, yeah, no, that that's not what I want to focus on. And then I was like, right, okay. So then, you know, we reprioritized everything and, you know, pushed back on things. And then it was like, right, okay. And it was at that point, then I thought, I'm never going to assume again what he thinks or what he expects, because obviously I don't know until I ask him the question. And I think for a lot of us that, that is how it goes, isn't it? It's, you know, it's difficult to know, but you do assume because you assume based on someone's behavior towards you, you know, people can show all kinds of different moods and things like that in the workplace. And you, you think, oh, are they moody today because of me? Is it something I haven't done? So you start trying a bit harder and you take on more stuff. And then, you know, one day they'll be really happy. And it's like, are they really happy with me today? But actually they've got like a million other things going on and it's never about you. Most of the time, like probably 99% of the time. So that's why it's really important to take the pressure off yourself and just ask those questions and understand the priorities. And, you know, it'll just save a whole load of heartache. So what would you say your top three takeaways are, Jackie, from, from this one? So I think definitely stop and reassess rather than trying to work your way through it. That would be you know, even if you don't have the conversation, even if you don't do the other stuff, like just stopping rather than continuing the cycle yeah. can give you some some kind of headspace and some clarity to find a different approach that might work better. Um, I think the second one is creating good boundaries. So finding some some ways of working that will protect you and protect your energy um that's that's so key and like you said we we talked about that in the last episode and then I think the third one is that that conversation so whether that conversation is about kind of pushing back whether it's as simple as asking what are the priorities whether it's having a conversation with a colleague it's about finding that way to be open and honest about how you're feeling rather than just kind of accepting it and if you push back on the way that you're feeling and and find the the ways to kind of open up those conversations I think that's when you start to find some of the solutions yeah amazing love those what about you any others you'd add um I think I mean I think you you've pretty much covers it off there I don't think there's anything else that I would add there I mean just the stopping and reassessing for me is like the big one and asking the questions is you know the second thing and then as you say creating the boundaries it all links in together and it all just makes your life so much easier if you do that but it can it can feel like a huge step to do that yeah but if you I think just, especially stopping yeah. just feels counterintuitive when you're yeah. busy you feel like you have to continue and you have to carry on and you have to work your way through it. And yeah. That, that was certainly my experience. So I think that's probably the most important thing is to stop. Yeah. It will not work. Working your way out of overwhelm does not work. So <laughs> if you do nothing else, pause, you know, grab a cuppa, notepad and pen, just brain dump, whatever, but just 
create some time and pause. And yeah. it's amazing how different it can feel as a result of that. Yeah. And I think as well, just giving yourself that little bit of time, even if it's 30 minutes or 60 minutes, you know, it can seem like a lot of time when you've got no time, but actually the amount of time that that is going to free up for you just by doing that simple exercise and asking a few of the, you know, the the questions that you need, the answers, you know, to move forward, you know, it'll make a huge difference and save so much time. So while it sounds like, oh, you know, this is going to be a nightmare because I've got no time. It's like, if you're feeling like that right now, then, you know, press pause and just take the time out now to, to do that. Even if it's in the notes section on your phone or anything, just take the time to stop and think about the way forward. Fab. Should we move on to our career clinic section? Yes, let's do the career clinic. So we've got a really good question today. So today's question is um, is around imposter syndrome. So can I ask for your best tips for getting over imposter syndrome? I wrapped up a key project last week. And since then, several people have been really complimentary about how it went, how great I am and how it wouldn't have been a success without me. But I don't feel it's real. I feel like they're being polite and they're going to realize I'm not all that after all perfect one for you Jackie so yeah so a lot of the the mindset work that I do with leadership clients is around kind of how they feel self-doubt imposter syndrome and they're they're big topics and I'm sure we'll come back to them in future episodes but for this one I would say I'll keep it really simple with my response so if if people are complimenting you and going out of their way to say that this project has gone well because of you, listen to them. (laughs) Because when when I do training or leadership development around feedback, the biggest complaint is I never get positive feedback. I get told when things go badly, but I don't get thanked when things go well. People, they intend, like they think positive things, but the chances of them actually saying it are sometimes lower than we'd like to admit. So if several people have gone out of their way to compliment you, that is not out of politeness. That is not them trying to make you feel better. And if you think about how you would act, you wouldn't go up to somebody at work just out of politeness and say, you absolutely smashed it on that project, amazing work. If you thought that they had done a bad job, you would politely retreat into a corner, you would not go out of your way to compliment them. So if other people are noticing and saying something positive, it might not be easy to listen and take those compliments on board, but take it as a sign that they genuinely think that things have gone well because they are not just doing it to be polite. Okay, so moving on then to our book review section. So today's book, I think it is perfect for what we've been talking about. Um, and this is one that um, that I read maybe about 12 months ago. And if, 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 I don't think you've read this one yet, have you, Jackie? It's um, Dare to Lead by Brené Brown. I haven't read Dare to Lead. I have read Daring Greatly and yeah. listened to Brené Brown's podcast and seen her TED talk. Um, yeah, I, so it'll be really interesting to hear your thoughts on this one, because what I really like about her is that I feel like she's very relatable. She's very 
down to earth in her style and both her writing and her podcast. Um, it's kind of like getting a cuddle from your mum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And do you know what? That is absolutely true. And I, and that is what I really like about Brené Brown. So I'd never, well, I'd heard of her, but I'd never listened to anything and I'd never read any of the books. And then I read um, Dare to Lead and then literally followed her everywhere, looked, on, looked up all of her uh, podcasts and her YouTubes and all of that kind of stuff. And literally I could listen to her for days. She's she's amazing. But I think why this particular book, Dare to Lead, is, is a good follow-on from this particular podcast is because... Um, it is about being vulnerable and having those open and honest conversations because, you know, it isn't easy to have those. And it's 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 a skill to be able to, you know, well, it's a skill that you need to develop in order to have those open and honest conversations. And what Brené talks about is, you know, it started being vulnerable. So you don't always have to have all the answers. You don't always have to be the strongest person you just need to be willing to you know to put yourself out there and ask the right questions or just ask questions and you know really kind of get under the skin of what's going on and she talks about being brave and having courage and I think it's just a really really nice read you know it's it's almost like you know, by the end of it, you do feel like so much more motivated to to be vulnerable, to ask those difficult questions, to have those difficult conversations. And from a leadership point of view, I just thought, you know, this is amazing. This is something if I'd have read this early career, it would have made a huge difference for me because, you know, it, it isn't something, you know, you don't always get the best training when you become a leader. You don't always get any training (laughs) full stop so you make it up as you go along and you need these positive influences and you know you need somebody to almost like I feel like she calls you out and says you know are you being open and honest are you being vulnerable are you having these conversations you know are you being brave and you know nine times out of ten you're kind of like thinking oh I don't want to have that conversation because you know whereas you know going into it and just really seeing you know can we, you know, find some common ground, you know, what's going on in this situation? You don't have to always come up with a solution. And that's what I really love about it. It's just like being brave and courageous and, you know, really kind of like almost, you know, kind of leaning in to to being a better leader is what I got from it. Yeah. And, and I have to say that really ties in with, I think, how she talks a lot on her podcast or the topics that, she has yeah. on them so dare to lead also has a podcast as well as the book and she has some great um guests on there that she talks to around those kinds of topics and just going back to that point that you said about you know not getting training i would say probably between 60 and 80 percent of my clients have yeah. had little or no formal management or leadership training and it's incredibly common and so it, very often when people have progressed in their career and done well and been promoted and they haven't had that kind of formal training as a basis, that's when that kind of imposterish feeling is when the self-doubt kicks in because they're looking around, seeing other people and kind of going, am I doing this right? And that's what I really like about Brené's message is that, you know what, there is 
courage in admitting, you know, whether that's asking for help, whether that's having a difficult conversation, and it's about not kind of shying away from things that are important, just based on how you feel. And that kind of self-doubt or imposter syndrome will be there. And like I say, we'll come to those, I'm sure, in, in as topics in future podcast episodes, but it's kind of like acknowledge that they're there, but don't let them get in the way of yeah. you be, being the leader or the, the manager that you could be. So, yeah, I definitely like completely agree with her message. Um, and yeah, just just for the fact of it, she does. She just talks a lot of common sense. Um, yeah. and, and like you, I think she, her whole kind of approach is very motivating so for listeners that might want to listen to the audiobook her kind of style of delivery is really good um and if you you know haven't got time for the book then definitely I'd recommend her podcast obviously instead of this as well (laughs) yeah definitely as well as but also as well and this is how I first discovered Brené Brown she has actually got um a Netflix show as well and it's like her speaking on stage and I'd never never seen it before and it popped up as recommended on Netflix and that was how I first discovered that and I thought I've heard of this woman I'm going to just watch it oh my goodness I was hooked in five minutes in and I was like glued to the screen and that's when I kind of thought you know what she is just talking sense like you're absolutely right that is what she talks absolute sense and it's really relatable and you can really follow um you know what she says and it's also actionable stuff as well so I definitely recommend having a read having a listen full-on stalking it like I did (laughs) Yeah, so um, so yeah, so that's our book recommendation for the day. <laughs> Definitely recommend that one. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode. We will be back next time. If you want to be notified when the podcast goes live, then you can do that by joining our mailing list. We're at careerandleadershiprealtalk.com. And if you subscribe to the newsletter on there, you will get a notification every time a new episode comes out. You can, of course, also follow and subscribe on Apple, on Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And what we would love is that if you have enjoyed the episodes that you've listened to so far, could you please give us a review because that helps us to get in front of more new listeners who might need that dose of motivation and inspiration in their lives too. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time.